0: Welcome back to Toronto this weekend on 640 Toronto. I am Ben Mulrooney. We hear a lot um, from the IDF. We hear a lot from... Uh, military spokespeople, government spokespeople. Uh, whenever we are hearing about Israel, we, we get it from top officials, but I think it's really important every now and then to hear from actual Israelis who are living through this conflict. And last week, we were fortunate enough to speak with one of those people, Jonathan, who uh, recently moved just a few years ago to Tel Aviv, and he's joining us again today over the phone. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us here in Toronto.
1: Thank you for giving me the airtime, Ben. Appreciate it.
0: So, so, tell me, give me a sense of what is currently happening where you are. What's the state of your neighborhood, of uh, your community?
1: Well, since, since we last spoke, which I believe was exactly a week ago, um, there's, there's been a, an escalation of sorts. Uh, I've spent many an hour in the bomb shelter, um, in, in the building where I'm living, at uh, the building of Friends. You know, when you hear that siren start to go off, you kind of go into into uh, you know autopilot and just grab your loved ones and your and your uh, your important stuff and you just leg it to the to the safe room. Now, now the on- yeah, go on.
0: Well, I was going to say that uh, you know you're fairly new to Israel, so this this living with the sirens and running down to a bomb shelter—it's still kind of new to you. Israelis uh, get used to that at birth. How have you adapted to that new um, constant presence in your life?
1: Mm. Well, I, it's it's new-ish. There was a, a flare-up uh, a couple of months ago, about three or four months ago. And that was the one that kind of knocked me for six a little bit, but at the same time, it, uh, in, in, a, in a really sad way, it kind of prepped me for what we're going through now. Um, but yeah, it's just you've got to have that little switch in your head from norm- normality to something that's completely abnormal. And you, you live through it, you know, there's, there's no time to stop and stop and worry.
0: We are talking to Jonathan in Tel Aviv who's giving us a sense of what life is like right now uh on uh, on the ground. Uh Jonathan um have there been big changes uh in your everyday life since we spoke last week?
1: Big changes, well, of course. I mean it goes without saying that uh, wartime brings with it, you know, a huge disruption to the normal running of anyone's life. I mean, the fact that I am in bomb shelters and the fact that the other day I was driving, uh, delivering uh, supplies to the displaced, which his number keeps increasing, and we had an air raid siren go off and I had to take shelter outdoors and just get as far as possible to the ground and cover my head just to avoid shrapnel because the the lower you are the the least likely you are to be hit by a shrapnel. So, you know, it's a big change from my 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 normal work weekday, you know. It's uh it's been quite something.
0: Yeah, I I have to assume. Uh, and you just said you were uh dropping off supplies. So this is this is what what you're doing with most of your day now, you're helping with uh, keep supplies moving.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's, it's every second day, more or less. Um, my partner Daphna and I, we, we gather all the funds that we've managed to raise, and we pick up supplies from other people who want to donate. And we, we, as soon as our car is full and, and doesn't allow for any more, we go to the central drop-off point, and then it gets dispersed from there. I mean, there's now displaced uh, from the north as well. There's about 14 towns in the north that have been evacuated. So up until this point, is about half a million of displaced who, you know, who need their necessities, you know, from water to food to shampoos to toothpaste to places to sleep. And where are they so, sleeping? You know, so what's amazing about Israeli society is people have been open up, opening up their homes, giving up their spare bedrooms. If anyone has, you know, an Airbnb apartment that they've got, they give it to them for free. And um, a lot of the hotels have also made their rooms available at no cost. Um, So you can really get a sense of, I mean, again, I think I mentioned this on your show last week, if there were to be a silver lining to this horrible situation, is the point to which the Israeli society has pulled together. So it's really amazing to observe.
0: Are there any aspects of uh, everyday life that have been maintained, any sense of normalcy that you can hold on
1: to? Well, look, I went to the office a couple of times last week just to get, you know, that sense of normalcy. But at the same time a lot of my colleagues weren't there they were either you know at the front or attending funerals or just unable to emotionally make it to the office because their loved ones are missing and unidentified um you know some of them had to go and give dna to in the hope that maybe one of the unidentifiable bodies is their relative. so going to the office was a a mixed bag of emotions but uh, i'm going again this week hopefully just to get a bit of normality
0: it's uh it's it, I, I can't imagine the difficulty of, of all of this going on at the same time and, and and you're at such close proximity to essentially the front the 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 border with Gaza it's not that far away um,
1: oh for sure yeah. That, yeah at its narrowest point and this is outside of the West Bank right at its narrowest point Israel is about 15 miles wide and then uh, if, when if we get the siren alerts from from Gaza, depending on how far north you are, you have between thirty seconds and a minute and a half to get to the bomb shelter. So it's a small country; distances to travel are small for us as people, but they're even smaller for missiles. Right? So, yeah, it's, you can definitely feel the tension.
0: Uh, I I I I feel I feel so much for everyone there and everything that you're going through. Do you have? Do you have to be constantly aware of how far you are from a shelter? Is that is that always in the back of your mind?
1: So, yeah, there's a map that gets published by the government of where the public shelters are. Um, Over the years, Israel has developed legislation. I I discussed this with Greg Brady briefly this week. Um, Over the years, the government developed legislation, which if you are building a new building or a new block of flats, you have to at the very least have uh, one bomb shelter per floor, if not one safe room per apartment. Otherwise, you just don't get the building permit. It's like, you know, in Toronto, you really hope to have underground parking. Over here, people really want a bomb shelter. So different world.
0: Absolutely. Um, I I, I want to go back to what we were talking about a little bit before that, you know, the last time we spoke, uh, Israel was reeling from the attacks. And I believe that the war had just been declared. Now, uh, the entire country is on a war footing. Um, Have you noticed any changes uh, in uh, because of
1: that? Well, it's it's kind of a mix of an intense sense of grief and sadness. I'm I'm not sure if you know, but according to Jewish law, you have seven days of mourning after someone dies. And so a lot of the country is is going through that, those who were able to locate their their lost lost, uh, dead. Um, And on the other hand, you definitely get a sense that something is afoot. You know, there's an ominous feeling in the air. Um, But again, it's this kind of cautious calm at the moment that's tinged with sadness. But um, yeah, it definitely, you can definitely feel the week has passed and there's been a shift in, in people's psyches, that's for sure.
0: <sighs> We've been speaking with Jonathan in Tel Aviv on the ground. He's been giving us a sense of what life is like for everyday Israelis. Uh, Jonathan, I, I cannot put into words how upsetting this is. I I, I don't believe that the, the breadth and the depth of the sorrow is going to be felt until long after this conflict is done because you guys are... You're really you're, you're just trying to survive right now, and you're trying to take care of each other. And it's only going to be after the 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 guns are put down that you're going to be able to deal with the trauma of everything you've gone through. So I just want to tell you that I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of your family and and, and your entire community. And thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. Any time.
0: Wow, oh, you know he's right. I, I think people in Toronto we 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 worry about is there going to be enough parking? Are there going to be enough? Uh, Spaces for bicycles uh, we don't think about bomb shelters. it's not it's not the same. It's not the same situation.